0: in this roundtable discussion i'm joined by my sister kay kellum and we're gonna have a spoiler filled discussion on justice league gods and monsters i picked this up on blu-ray i'd read the prequel comics and then we watched that tonight um so you were coming at this completely cold obviously you hadn't read any of the comics correct you'd heard of superman batman and wonder woman
1: i thought i had
0: enough to be thoroughly confused by this alternate take on them
1: yeah, I was fascinated. I loved it. I-, I wanted to know who Becca was, and I was baffled by who they were trying to address Batman as because I wasn't catching the first name at first. So I was sitting there going, "Who is it? Who is it?" And finally, I had to ask you.
0: Well, it was interesting because having read the comics, they did they were digital first comics. Mm. So they were three digital installments that would get into an issue. They did three what became print issues. One for Superman, one for Batman, one Wonder- for Wonder Woman, kind of their origins. And it was funny because the origins we get here kind of take place before the origin we get in the comic that then takes place before the present day story here.
1: I liked uh, Superman's origin. I thought that that was one of your classic, what if there was one really critical upfront difference? Two. Two. Well, 2 definitely one Earth 1. Yes. back on Krypton, but I liked that right from the start back on Krypton cuz that right there told me, okay, this is a different take on these characters.
0: The comic uh the Justice League uh Gods and Monsters Superman comic was focusing on his upbringing on Earth.
1: See, and I loved that the ship flew straight to Area 51 and crashed. I thought I think that it was, was more on
0: the Mexico side, but still
1: I just thought that was so convenient.
0: It was interesting because in the comic I was thinking, okay, he'd just been raised differently here. We find out, again, the stuff on Krypton played out differently. Mm-hmm. Instead of Jor-El, it was, it was uh, Zod. And that was a good, good twist.
1: I thought it was fantastic. And I loved how it played out with the gunfight, etc.
0: Well, and the character made a lot more sense that way because some of it is nature and nurture. Exactly. And they changed both the nature and the nurture whereas in the comic they only told about the nurture change mm-hmm. you know his upbringing now the uh, the justice league gods and monsters batman comic focused more on the the vampire aspect kind of post how he got the way he got uh, kirk langstrom and it was very clear there that while the superman is still more or less kryptonian still superman um this version of batman is the man bat version kirk langstrom Uh, Versus Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne was never mentioned anywhere in this movie.
1: No, he wasn't. And uh, I was baffled that all three of them were flying from the get-go. And, I mean, at least uh, the man-bat eventually, you know, flapped some wings, basically. And I liked the few shots of him flying with the bat silhouette.
0: When he flew with the wings, that made sense. When he would just kind of hover. Yeah. It's like how?
1: Well, but those seem to be when he was with Batman or with uh, Superman, rather. Mm-hmm. And Superman did that also for uh, Cyborg's brother when he took him somewhere with him. It was Cyborg's
0: father, but that was a, a mechanical thing. I was thinking it was um, that when he was in the beam of light. Yeah, I thought it was just like a he'd somehow triggered a, holog- uh, a, a gravity elevator thing.
1: Interesting. Hmm. Because I wondered if Superman could kind of do a if you're within a certain proximity of me, because it always seemed to be Batman was really close to Superman when he was doing it without wings.
0: Don't know this reality, maybe. The Wonder Woman here was clearly in the comics and as shown here from uh, New Genesis, part of the New Gods. I had taken her to be more or less Big Barda, uh, but it, it clearly from the movie is not. She was one of the other New Gods that we saw there. Now, part of the, the twist on this, uh, reality is those that are typically good or not so good here. So you've got, uh, not a villainous, but a more dictatorial kind of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, more of an Iron Fist, and the new gods. We got to see High Father, uh, uh, Orion, Light Ray, Mr. Miracle, Big Barda, um, Granny goodness, uh, Dark Side, bunch of the others, with the roles kind of reversed. Instead of Dark Side being the aggressor this time, it was Highfather and such.
1: Well, and this take on Wonder Woman doesn't have the uh, the armband, the bracelets, the bracelets,
0: because she's from New Genesis, not from uh, not an Amazon.
1: Yeah, no lasso of truth. It it was very much a okay. I can tell this is Wonder Woman. She's the only woman. She's got the W. But this is not a kind of Wonder Woman I know or otherwise recognize.
0: Her, her weapon is the sword, not the lasso. Yeah. Uh, Steve Trevor shows up. But what was interesting is, again, no mention of what would have ha- what happened to the, the I don't want to say the real Wonder Woman. Yeah. But it's not just that one or two things had changed in the past. This is a completely different reality. Certain people just apparently either don't exist or are not worth mentioning. Yeah. Bruce Wayne, Wonder Woman, most of the other heroes you would have.
1: Well, and in this reality, Lois Lane doesn't cut Superman a break, doesn't believe in him at all until very late in the game. That
0: is very much explained in the three comic book issue, nine digital part, uh, Justice League God and Monsters prequel to the movie.
1: Well, and I have feeling that that was very much a... I mean, just based on what we saw early on, a if I were around someone who ran over the world the way he does, I'm not sure I'd come a break.
0: Well, in the the, the comic, what they did is establish that her father, typically General Sam Lane, wasn't a general. He was a doctor.
1: Mm, interesting. And
0: in one of the various uh, events in this world, He was out in, you know, like a Doctors Without Borders kind of a thing. Superman is being his typical aggressor kind of a self in this world. He dies. Uh, Sam Uh, Lane dies. Because of what mm -hmm. Superman did. So she's got a a beef with him on that.
1: Well, I thought one thing that didn't play well for me was when uh, Superman was clearly mourning the loss of the father-son.
0: Celia Stone and his son, uh, Victor.
1: Yeah, and she finds him over the dead remains mourning, and she's unimpressed and not acting like he's faking it, but just the, unsympathetic. yeah. even that doesn't humanize him in the least to her.
0: What I liked, though, about that whole thing was Superman has has hired Celias Stone, one of the foremost scientists on the world. And he's a name recognizable to fans of the New Teen Titans because that's the father of, of Victor Stone, Cyborg. And in the original go-around with the New Teen Titans, uh, Solias dies fairly early on into the New Teen Titans run, within the first six issues if he's not already dead at the beginning. Um Whereas in the New 52 stuff, he's still alive and kicking, which gives a different uh, dynamic there for Cyborg, who's just recently got his own series. But he's doing... he's He's creating sonic weapons and other things that are very much like the weapons that that cyborg had
1: yeah that's what i was thinking
0: so having his young son there kind of changes where in the timeline we are mm. but the timeline is also a little fluid in so much as lex luthor is clearly a generation older yeah. than superman
1: at least
0: you know because he's a uh, an adult a respected scientist by the point, Superman lands.
1: A mature man with a cane at that point.
0: But still young enough to be teaching in the college for contemporaries of Superman. Unless you would put Batman, the Kurt Langstrom character, significantly younger than Superman, and I wouldn't. No. So the the timeline there is a little interesting. I loved, though, all the different scientists that are in this story. Many as cannon fodder uh, that mm. he killed off. Others as, as crucial characters. We get, uh, Victor Fries, uh, Mr. Freeze. hmm. We get, uh, Ray Palmer, the mm-hmm. Adam. We get Ryan Choi, his, his assistant, the other Adam, one of the other Adams. Um, and at times just, there's a, the one scene where there's like a dozen of them. Yeah. Uh, Will Magnus is featured quite a bit. Um, trying to think who else we got, uh, in the, the, the house scene we got john henry irons steel we got um geez there was a a whole bunch of them i'm I'm, I'm blanking on some of the names uh uh, michael holt uh mr terrific pat dugan who built the steel in he was one of the world war ii era characters Mm. that they've redone a time or two and in the most recent incarnation uh by jeff johns he was a member of the Justice Society in the modern day, having built uh, uh, a robot uh, mm. by, um, I think it was Stripes, because he was the sidekick of the Star Spangled Kid. Kid. Uh, they got a new Stargirl, Star Spangled Kid character. He was the adopted father of, so they, it, it was a really fun, fun take on the character at that point. Um, I'm trying to think which other characters we got, because we got... A bunch of them, but the problem was some of these, uh, Savannah, Dr. Savannah, the the older guy with the glasses. Mm, mm-hmm. He's a classic uh Captain Marvel villain.
1: Mm.
0: You know, kind of Captain Marvel's Lex Luthor, if you will.
1: Ah, Lex okay. Luthor
0: was, was obviously part and parcel of this. But there were a lot of them that um you just get the name tossed out or enough of a hint to almost get it, but not, let's harp on this, let's, let's yeah. dive too deep into it.
1: Well, I thought that the overarching premises of the movie were fascinating in terms of the absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But also this concept of a project fair play. It's a lesson that seems to be learned over and over by every generation and in the most painful of ways. Well, uh,
0: one of the things about superhero comics is anytime you try to get, quote-unquote, realistic about it, you know if we had people that could fly that had the powers of superman
1: Mm -hmm. of
0: of wonder woman of batman either i mean this batman here that that has vampire type powers or even the classic batman that has no superpowers per se Mm -hmm. but is this this unbelievable athlete Mm -hmm. and is doing phenomenal things with you know gadgets whatever but when you have Those kinds of powers are like the X-Men, Cyclops shooting beams from the eyes, stuff like that. You know, Magneto with the magnetic control. There is a legitimate fear that the everyman would have Mm -hmm. of it's not a level playing field. Here's people who literally in some cases by looking at you can kill you. Yeah. Or can read your mind or can disintegrate everything you own or, you know, whatever their powers might be.
1: Well, and to me it was very... Very realistic, very true to life in terms of the, I remember the whole, the news talking about, you know, this country has so many nuclear weapons, which means that country feels the need to have so many nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. So everybody's arming themselves with nuclear weapons, even as everybody's saying, but nobody can actually press the button and use the nuclear weapons. And then suddenly we reach this point where, oh my gosh, now we have to have a nuclear disarmament. Because somebody suddenly realized, what if somebody actually pressed the button?
0: But with the superpowers in in the comics and such, it's not that you had to develop the science, the technology, get the resources, you know, and build all that kind of stuff. It's literally somebody woke up one morning and by the end of the day, they could do it.
1: Oh, yeah. But this this project or operation fair play seemed to be a we have to come up with teleportation portals in order to combat the fact that this one wonder woman can transport herself to anywhere she she's says. got another
0: box she can teleport we're at a strategic disadvantage we need to catch up
1: yeah so it was an armament race of four of types oh
0: absolutely absolutely And some of it in terms of just being able to duplicate what they could do. In other cases, being able to counter what they can do.
1: Yeah, yeah. And somebody pressed a button in order to force someone else to press a button to destroy people.
0: I've always thought it would be a fascinating kind of a TV show to do because I think it'd work better in TV than in comics, actually. But have something where you've got kind of the standard supervillain type stuff you would have in Gotham City, in Marvel's New York or wherever. Mm-hmm. but you don't have superheroes. Mm. What you've got is basically somebody, maybe a rich guy saying, you know, we can't have this. We've got to fight back. Throw the resources out. Mm.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: And you have, and powers is kind of a, a police procedural in a superhero world yes. with regular cops, but they've got the ability to negate powers and it's just a police procedural versus more of a, almost model it less on a police procedural more on a like a medical show mm. with we've got to solve what's going on here and how to counter it imagine if you've got somebody who's like well they've got ice powers we have guns guns aren't gonna help with this well geez what about this you something where we've got a mix of mechanics of engineers of scientists you of, can
1: think tank your way through it
0: think tank your way through your way through it it's almost like a law and order type show Mm -hmm. half of it is crap this happened The think tank gets on it the other half is the think tank came up with something now you've got to have the the guys out in the field actually go take that stuff and go go put it into action
1: yeah yeah
0: that could be a fascinating show because what we got here in this movie is oh well we've got this superman Mm -hmm. we don't really trust him
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so they come up with these red red sun laser guns or whatever They're enough to not only hurt him, but also depower him and stuff. Yeah. And it took him quite a while to go, you know, in tons of guns to, to even not even take care of him because they didn't. Yeah. But it was a very interesting kind of an approach or whatever of how does the everyman, even if you've got an army of them, go up against the Superman.
1: Yeah. Well, to me, it was very much a fascinating armament war and then a wait a second. A common enemy that we didn't realize was an enemy pitted us against each other on purpose, Mm -hmm. and somebody has to slap us into awareness and tell us we need to work together against the common enemy.
0: That was one of the ways I thought they used the Will Magnus character beautifully. Yes. Because him and the middlemen are key aspects of this. Tin, throughout, I just thought was a great character. I liked him. And he's always been one of my favorite of the middlemen because he's the one that you, frankly, you could kind of kick around if you need to. Yeah, he's cute. But that's the yeah. thing. He's, he's the everyman of that team. Yeah. And the only, I don't know, say mistake, but the where I think they went wrong in this film was the Kurt Langstrom character and the Will Magnus character. And for that matter, the Ray Palmer character all look too much alike.
1: Yeah, especially at the when uh, Kurt and uh, Will were in college, I thought they were twins. Quite frankly, it, Twin it brothers. was easy
0: to get them confused as to which was which. Yeah, change up the hair color on one of them. Yeah, and frankly, neither of them are such iconic characters. You couldn't have you could have easily given one of them blonde hair or dark hair, or something other than two guys in brown hair with slightly different hairstyles.
1: Yeah. Well, see, I'm sitting here thinking through the, I remember the Red Scare and the nuclear armament stuff so clearly from my childhood. And I'm realizing, I'm very aware, I'm influenced by that as I'm watching the movie, and that's how I'm interpreting it. But I'm wondering, someone from a much younger generation, who doesn't know that, wasn't Mm -hmm. influenced by that, how would they view this movie? And the only thing I can think to compare it to and make that maybe an understandable statement is when Cuba was opened to Americans, I asked our dad, wow, I never thought I'd see this in my lifetime. Did you? And he, having been part of the Cuban Missile Crisis, said, I never thought it would take this long. What are you talking about?
0: It comes down to what is your frame of reference? Yeah what did you grow up with has it been that way your entire life whatever
1: yeah he thought the closing of cuba would be a temporary short-term thing and the fact that it had been my entire lifetime and then some was the stunning thing to him
0: yeah yeah
1: to me the opening of cuba was stunning so well
0: and that's something that again with this kind of absolute power can we trust these people or not sort of a situation takes on a different meaning to those of us old enough to, to remember when nuclear disarmament was a huge issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was in college, there was a uh, course I had to take, and, and frankly, I thought it was completely ridiculous, but it was a course not so much on world history or even world governments. But really it was the whole thing around, okay, the map is changing on a regular basis at this point. Nuclear powers are around. We were given software that would do kind of a simulation of a nuclear war. We had to come up with a strategy.
1: When I was in college, every semester you had to be able to mark on a map the current countries of the former Soviet Union. This
0: seemed to be, and granted this was many years ago, so my memory's a little hazy, not could you mark them on the map? And name them. could you cross them off the map with nuclear bombs?
1: Yeah, pretty much, but, you know. I mean,
0: my strategy was actually fairly simple, and I think foolproof. Really? Launch. Yeah, well, yeah. Everything. We're pretty much all over. I figure if we're going to have a nuclear holocaust, let's go all out.
1: Yeah. Let's at least save some
0: other planet.
1: Well, and we're of the generation that remembers Chernobyl. Yeah. You know, the fact that you didn't even have to press a launch button. And I think that's where something like a Project Fair Play or Operation Fair Play, whichever it was called, comes from. Is that kind of fear that if you don't have to actually press a button because you have no control... That's why you have to have a just-in-case countermeasure.
0: If you don't have the button, you're going to panic, and that causes problems. Yeah. And Operation Fair Play, Fair Play is kind of the slogan of Mr. Terrific, both of the Golden Age and the Silver Age, Michael Holt being the Silver Age version, which we had seen in the the movie there at the house uh, when they got to that scene where all the surviving scientists had gathered. Um, You know, it makes sense because, again, like I said, if you've got people that have these unbelievable powers
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you gotta have some way to keep them in check it is unrealistic to believe that they're going to be the uh the superman of of classic superman or captain america type characters of doing the right thing fight you know might for right or all that just as it's equally unlikely to think that they're suddenly going to go rob you know fort knox or something
1: people with absolute powers will have absolute morals I don't think they're going to have either way.
0: I think a lot of it is because of movies like this, of TV shows like Heroes and other stuff. Not that I think anyone does have superpowers, but I think if people did, Mm -hmm. they'd be smart enough for the most part to not let other people know.
1: When I recently had the thought that if aliens did come and make first contact with Earth, I think their first question should be, can I see all your popular entertainment about extraterrestrials?
0: I was actually thinking what would be an interesting premise for a TV show would be ETV, extraterrestrial video. And basically, through some mechanism, we could tap into... The video feeds from across the galaxy. There you go. Because, I mean, how many times have you seen a sci fi thing? um, And I've been seeing a couple in comics where this is on the intergalactic news. It's like, how come we don't get that? I mean, imagine how our society would change because of that. Oh,
1: definitely. Just
0: with this Superman. Yes. Even having just the small footage of the last few moments of Krypton Mm -hmm. with, you know, Zod, his mother, and. They shoot the rocket off and it blows up the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Imagine putting that kind of footage on national TV, international TV, mm-hmm. when you've got somebody that people have reliable footage of. Yeah, he can fly. He can shoot ex- you know, lasers mm-hmm. out of his eyes. Whole kit and caboodle. So you know he's got powers beyond Earth capabilities. Now you've got footage that is legitimately of another planet. That completely changes the geopolitical landscape and the religious landscape. True. It puts everything on its ear. And when that sort of a thing happens, people would feel out of control. They would be afraid. And understandably so.
1: Here's a guy who can fly. True. It it just seems to me that if and when aliens arrive on Earth, if aliens arrived the day after the Orson Welles radio program had aired. Oh,
0: Absolutely. We are so predisposed to, to be afraid of and to uh, shoot aliens on sight. Everything from uh, the original War of the Worlds stuff to just about every major sci-fi uh, space movie from the 50s and 60s.
1: We've been trained. Oh, yeah. To to distrust and to to fight. Yeah.
0: I mean, we, we still get that today on a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. You know, everything from uh, Starship Troopers on up and down. Aliens on up and down.
1: Yeah. Now, if the only entertainment about space that ever aired was only the positive episodes of Star Trek and Stargate, because those are the ones that are coming to mind as having the most positive. Or Babylon
0: 5, or there are other shows, yeah. Yeah.
1: But, you know, so those. So if only those most positive episodes of those most positive shows about aliens had ever aired, and then aliens arrived, it would be entirely different.
0: Absolutely. But how much of our stuff with... Oh, I mean, in this thing, we've got two known aliens on Earth Mm. and a guy who's a vampire. Mm -hmm. This is not the warm, cuddly kind of super friends that, that we grew up
1: on. No, it's not.
0: And that world reflects that. Yes. But that was also a reflection of that world in this movie. Yes. You know, it's very much a matter of, like you were saying, what you grew up on, what stories you have been told influences the way you think. And the way you think influences the stories you seek out and you tell. Yes. Both consume and produce. Yeah. So I thought this was interesting as to how far afield they went from the classic you know, trio of, of characters.
1: I liked Superman having grown up with the migrant farmers instead of the Kents, for instance.
0: I love that part of the comic. I thought they did a much better job in the comic than they did here. Here they hint at it and tell us about it. There we saw it.
1: See, and I would have enjoyed, but of course I I felt the movie ran long enough.
0: I don't think they needed to put what was in the comic in the movie.
1: So I would have enjoyed seeing it, but not here, if that yeah. makes sense.
0: And I thought that was the strongest of the three kind of uh focused on the characters mm-hmm. because it gave a really good insight into that Superman. Because his struggle of, I can do all these things, yet we're just out in the field picking stuff and getting pushed around. Mm -hmm. This isn't right. Mm -hmm. And then he has the power to push back. Mm. You know, how far does he do it? When does he do it? Where does he do it? How does he do it? And what are the ramifications of that? Very interesting story.
1: Well, he was a natural leader for their group. And in great many ways, to me, he was the most three-dimensional, most complex of the three characters. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that was because they gave him the best background.
0: In the three-issue comic, they basically set up the Tower of Justice, how they wound up there, those sorts of things.
1: To me, it came across as coming from Superman. Um, They implied that Batman was practically homeless when Superman found him.
0: flat-out state that, but they also reference how... They have ties to the government, and those ties are weakening. True. So they hint that the government may have set that up, but they never clearly establish either way. And they seem to have so little contact with the government that thinking Superman had just somehow put this building together and such is a logical assumption.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, Wonder Woman seems to have arrived with the clothes on her back and her sword. Pretty much. So...
0: They uh, had a whole storyline with Dr. Psycho and stuff like that for her that was set up in her one shot and then continued out into the the three-issue thing.
1: Now, I did think the very, very ending, um, having Lex go off with Wonder Woman, I actually like that.
0: Having Lex not only go off with her, but going off in Metron's chair. And that the chair he was in Mm -hmm. is one of the new gods.
1: I um am... I mean, I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to have happen to Lex as Superman was hovering out of the space station. And I loved Superman's parting line, actually, of um, you made me. As much yeah, I'm mean, as
0: much of a product as you. Is it? Yeah.
1: I thought that was great. And I'd been thinking that for most of the movie. Well, how many
0: versions of Superman have we seen in the movies and the comics and the, the TV shows where the direction that character goes on is so defined at times, not just by the upbringing by the Kents, but by the way he is treated by Luthor.
1: Yeah, I thought that was great.
0: Certainly the relationship in Smallville between Clark Kent and Lex Luthor made the show. And again, uh, uh, Michael Rosenbaum, who did Luthor there, just did a terrific job.
1: Yeah. I think the government should have been suspicious that they happened to have a satellite perfectly pointed at Luther's station and at Superman when it kaboomed so that they could see he happened to be visiting at the time. Again, if
0: you have people who can fly around or teleport like that, you know, like Wonder Woman can with the mother box you're going to have pretty good surveillance and you're going to have it pretty much targeted on those guys. Very true. They're too big of a threat.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that was one of the things that the movie drove home was that universe, those characters, that world lived in an age of fear.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. It was a permanent cold war of sorts. Yeah. What got me, though, is they've got this big tower. They're getting surrounded. Before they put the shield up, I would have set that on like a 10-second countdown timer.
1: Mm.
0: I'd have pushed the button. I'd have boom tubed everybody out of there. Mm. Have the shield go up and maybe have a way to turn it off remotely, whatever. But then you they've got the people. Oh, they've put the shields up, let's attack. Mm-hmm. I Meanwhile, well, you're over in, you know, wherever, you know, some beach somewhere having my mm-hmm. ties or something. You know, it's just just kick back and, and let them go shoot an empty building for a while. I mean, think. Yeah. It was uh very much a departure, very much I think a standalone film out of all the animated ones. Because I've got probably four or five others that have stacked up, uh, a couple of Justice League ones, a couple of Batman ones, stuff like that. Um, probably over half a dozen that we'll get to at some point. But this one was a nice kind of self-contained uh movie. It tied in well with the or the comics tied in well with it. I should say one thing that I think DC really kind of messed up and i blame their editorial and their marketing department it's just this is just a bad move so i just recently read the the comics that tie into this this came mm-hmm. out not too long ago a couple of weeks i think justice league gods and monsters mm-hmm. okay that's cool but there's a bunch of, or there's a justice league storyline that's just now starting up in the justice league title not to be confused with justice league of america which is already confusing because they start the mm-hmm. same people but it's justice league gods and men of course which is very similar to justice league gods and monsters mm-hmm. you got one shots for superman batman wonder woman you know this and it's like wait a second I, i'm so
1: confused yeah do when i, I was, have this do i not is this the same is it different what's going on
0: the the titles are too similar
1: yeah yeah. Well, and especially if, as so often happens to me when I'm searching websites, etc., it decides to cut off after a certain number of characters. If yeah. that's after gods and M.
0: Or it's just, it's gods and something or other. It's, it's just the like gods and men. Oh, that must be it. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on, this is right on top of each other. They should have named the other thing something different. Um, And of course, it's just part of the comics, doesn't have the, the animated feature. Um, I will say that they had some really good voice talent on this. They did. Uh, Andrea Romano was a director, uh, voice acting director. She has done a Batman the Animated Series. She has for Warner Brothers like about a 20 year period where she was just doing so much of their voice direction mm. and was so influential there and had. Cast so many, uh, like Kevin Conroy and stuff, at least I assume she was part of the casting, at least the directing for the guy, iconic voices for their characters for such a, a long time. She's, I think, kind of ramped down, still obviously doing some stuff, but there are other people doing some of their, their other shows uh, more so now than then. But she was just one of the, the hallmarks of that area of uh, Warner Brothers animation that really put DC not just on the map, but as the king of current animation mm-hmm. for superhero stuff. And uh, one of the other people that was involved with that was, of course, Bruce Timm, who was one of the writers, directors, and stuff behind the Batman animated series, the Superman animated series. He, of course, was one of the visionaries behind this movie. Oh. So this has roots in some respects going back, I'm going to say maybe 25 years to the beginning of kind of the Bruce Timm universe, as it was called and whatnot. That encompassed those shows, the Justice League uh, show, the Batman Beyond show, and a couple others. This, of course, totally separate universe, but that's part of what's fun about it. Yeah. But just as we were going through the the, the listing at the end, it's like, oh, I recognize that voice, that voice, that voice. Benjamin Bratt, Padgett Brewster. Who's the one that did Will uh, uh, Magnus? That was another one that seemed...
1: Isaacs? Jason Isaacs?
0: Jason Isaacs, that's it. There were a lot that you recognize the voice... But they're not such iconic voices or such huge names. like, Oh, well, clearly it's so-and-so.
1: They're not doing their own voice. Or as uh, Alan Tudyk said at one of the Wizard World conventions, they're not doing a voice. His girlfriend says, don't ever do that in bed again.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, when Nathan Fillion does a voice, it's like, oh, yeah, I recognize that. Yeah. And we saw a trailer for one of the Justice League ones when he does, you know, Green Lantern. It's like, yep, that's Nathan Fillion. Got it.
1: Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I love Nathan Fillion, I love the voices he does, but I think that might have drawn me out of this one because I enjoyed that I didn't know these characters.
0: There were one or two, it's like, I have heard that voice so often, I'm trying to think through what kind of a show it was in, it's in this kind of, oh, that's who that is.
1: There were a few times I wanted to close my eyes because I was convinced that what was on the screen was why I couldn't recognize them.
0: Yeah, pretty much. But yeah. some of these are such, I mean, uh, um, the one who did Steve Trevor from uh, from Dollhouse. Um, Tamo. Tamo. Uh, he's also been in a few other shows we've watched. Uh, Battlestar Galactica.
1: Continuum.
0: Continuum. He is just a terrific actor and did an awesome job uh, with the voiceover stuff. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there are a lot of times when you've got somebody that is a good you know, live action actor Mm-hmm. They get reliant on things that just don't come across with just the voice. Yeah. But again, Andrea Romano is such a gifted voiceover director. She's able to get just amazing performances out of people. Um. And everyone, from what I've heard, seems to enjoy the process. Um. So it just was really well done. I like the art style they had here. And it again with the one case of the two two characters that spent too much time together and looked too much alike. Um, I thought this was a really well done, fun film.
1: You know, as much as I was saying this Lois Lane didn't seem to get along with the Superman very well, she did take the time to have them give her a window that opened so she could invite him into her, what, 50th floor uh, office?
0: First off, she had a pretty huge office at the top of a skyscraper. Second, it's not only opening, it's got a nice handle a couple of mm-hmm. feet up. That's handy. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to open it out Out. and then go reach out and grab the handle. That's Mm -hmm. safe.
1: Yep. But that's... OSHA,
0: uh, you know, I forget what it stands for. It's the safety regulation. Mm -hmm. Not around in this world.
1: Well, no, but if you're going to be inviting Superman to fly on into your office and you want him to stop, you know, breaking the window to come on in, that's what you should do. Because
0: he's never come by before, literally. I I thought those sorts of things. It's like, okay, the script says for him to fly in the window... I suppose it better be able to open.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and actually, I liked that one because she had her back to the window while she's on the phone, and the way she knew he was there was because everybody walking by suddenly stopped and stared out her window. She's like,
0: "Why do I have this audience?" Oh, him again. <laughs>
1: I liked it. Yeah, no, it was.
0: It had some fun moments like that. It had some some good visuals there a couple of places where I think they use some computer animated stuff for vehicles and whatnot. Hmm. It's just the practical way to do it today. And it works really well. And it gives you some stuff that I don't think you could really do as fluidly. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, one of the other things that I thought was just a, a really cool scene was when the Ray Palmer character is getting introduced. You've got these horses running around, this big hand comes and picks one up we realized these horses are literally just these tiny little, you know, 6, 8, 12-inch tall kind of horses that he shrunk down. Yeah. It was just a really cool thing, and that's something that you can do in an animated feature. You could do that live action. But it'd be really tough to pull off, even in a major motion picture. Yeah. Much less in a direct-to-video or in a TV kind of a setting. Yeah. So I enjoy that they did this. Again, great use of the Metal Men, tons of Easter eggs, a lot of fun characters, uh, hidden around. So if you've got a lot of knowledge about, particularly the scientists in the DC universe, mm-hmm. there's a lot of fun little, oh, that's who that is, type moments.
1: Oh, I'm positive I missed a lot because I don't know that stuff. A lot of the Easter eggs. Uh,
0: there's even one or two I think I'd have to go do a little research to find out exactly who they were supposed to be. Yeah. Um, And hopefully the the Wikipedia page has some good information. I'll check that out at some point. So it's about a...
1: 90-minute, give or take?
0: 76-minute uh, film. So not that long, but it's a very solid 76 minutes, I think. It is. It didn't feel short. didn't feel light. It had a fair amount of, of characterization, some depth to it. I really recommend it. I thought it was a lot of fun.
1: Me too. Yeah.
0: Anything else? Does that pretty much do it?
1: That does it. Cool.